Hey y'all, welcome back as we continue through Jeremiah and we are on chapter 37 in Jeremiah's journey. And as we head into these next couple of chapters, we're going to see four different times when King Zedekiah makes contact or calls for Jeremiah and asks him for God and his word and to pray for him. But then he turns around and rejects the word that Jeremiah gives him. So with that, we'll continue in verse 1 of chapter 37. Zedekiah, son of Josiah, succeeded Jehoiakim, son of Jehoiakim, as the king of Judah. He was appointed by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. But neither King Zedekiah nor his attendants nor the people who were left in the land listened to what the Lord said through Jeremiah. Nevertheless, King Zedekiah sent Jehuchal, son of Jelemiah, and Zephaniah, the priest, son of Maasiah, to ask Jeremiah, please pray to the Lord our God for us. Jeremiah had not yet been imprisoned, so he could come and go among the people as he pleased. So here it's a little bit before Jeremiah was actually imprisoned. We're backtracking a little bit in this part of the story. So this actually happened before Jeremiah chapter 33. In verse 4, Jeremiah had not been imprisoned, so he could not he could come and go as he pleased. At this time, the army of Pharaoh Hophra of Egypt appeared at the southern border of Judah. When the Babylonian army heard about it, they withdrew from their siege of Jerusalem. Then the Lord gave this message to Jeremiah. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The king of Judah sent you to ask me what is going to happen. Tell him, Pharaoh's army is about to return to Egypt, though he came here to help you. Then the Babylonians will come back and capture the city and burn it to the ground. This is what the Lord says. Do not fool yourselves into thinking that the Babylonians are gone for good. They aren't. Even if you were to destroy the entire Babylonian army, leaving only a handful of wounded survivors, they would still stagger from their tents and burn the city to the ground. So he's saying, sure, sure, as God is speaking it, this is going to happen. Even if there was only one Babylonian left who could barely even walk, that, that Babylonian would take over the city and burn it to the ground because God said it's going to happen. So it's going to happen no matter what. And it does happen, and Jeremiah told them that Nebuchadnezzar would return and finish the work God gave him to do, but they don't believe him. They don't listen. They keep calling on him and asking what God is saying, but no one is listening. No one is heeding the voice of the Lord. No one is repenting. No one is turning to God. In verse 11, when the Babylonian army left Jerusalem because of Pharaoh's approaching army, Jeremiah started to leave the city on his way to the territory of Benjamin to claim his share of the property among his relatives there. But as he was walking through the Benjamin gate, a sentry arrested him and said, You are defecting to the Babylonians. The sentry making the arrest was Arijah, son of Shalemiah, grandson of Hananiah. That's not true, Jeremiah protested. I had no intention of doing such thing. But Erijah wouldn't listen and took Jeremiah before the officials. They were furious when Jeremiah had him flogged and imprisoned in the house of Jonathan, the secretary. So Jeremiah is actually imprisoned five different times throughout these texts. Jonathan's house had been converted into a prison. Jeremiah was put into a dungeon cell where he remained for many days. Later, King Zedekiah secretly requested that Jeremiah come to the palace where the king asked him, Do you have any messages from the Lord? <laughs> so he keeps on asking, but he keeps on not listening. 
We'll continue. Yes, I do, said Jeremiah. You will be defeated by the king of Babylon. Then Jeremiah asked the king, What crime have I committed? What have I done against you, your attendants, or the people, that I should be imprisoned like this? Where are your prophets now who told you the king of Babylon would not attack you or this land? Listen, my lord the king, I beg you, don't send me back to the dungeon in the house of Jonathan the secretary, or I will die there. So King Zedekiah commanded that Jeremiah not be returned to the dungeon. Instead, he was imprisoned in the courtyard of the guard in the royal palace. The king also commanded that Jeremiah be given a loaf of fresh bread every day as long as there was any left in the city. So Jeremiah was put in the palace prison. So Jeremiah keeps giving him the same message, and King Zedekiah keeps asking the same questions, but no one is changing their actions And Jeremiah preached to them to surrender to the Babylonians, and he's going to continue to preach the same message because that is the word of the Lord. That is the direction of the Lord. If you submit, you will live. And they're calling him a traitor that he's he's teaming up with the Babylonians, but he's not. He loved his nation, He and he gave his life to try to save them. He's telling them what they need to do to be saved. His first and only loyalty is to the Lord, first and foremost. And he is following God's direction above all, no matter what circumstances he faces. And Zedekiah heard, or Zedekiah, sorry, he heard the message, and he saw a safe opportunity to talk to, to Jeremiah so that officers wouldn't think that he was looking to Jeremiah for advice, but that he was looking into his case. And the prophet gives him the same immediate answer as he always gives. You will be handed over to the Babylonians. Unless you repent and turn to God, you will be taken over by the Babylonians. And instead of listening and heeding his voice, he keeps him imprisoned and turns away. In chapter 38, verse 1, Now Jephetiah, son of Matan, Gedaliah, son of Peshur, Jehuchal, son of Shalemiah, and Peshur, son of Machilah, heard what Jeremiah had been telling the people. He had been saying, this is what the Lord says, Everyone who stays in Jerusalem will die from war, famine, or disease. But those who surrender to the Babylonians will live. Their reward will be life. They will live. The Lord also says the city of Jerusalem will certainly be handed over to the army of the king of Babylon who will capture it. So these officials went to the king and said, Sir, this man must die. That kind of talk will undermine the morale of the few fighting men we have left, as well as all the people. This man is a traitor. So he's telling them, don't fight, just surrender and trust God. And they're like, dude, we have only a few men left fighting. He's going to weaken their morale if he tells them not to fight. So they're calling him a traitor. In verse 5, King Zedekiah agreed. All right, he said, do as you like. I can't stop you. It's interesting. King Zedekiah just kind of agrees with the last person he speaks with. In verse 6, so the officials took Jeremiah from his cell and lowered him by ropes into an empty cistern in the prison yard. It belongs to Malachijah, a member of the royal family. There was no water in the cistern, but there was a thick layer of mud at the bottom, and Jeremiah sank down into it. But Ideb Malek, the Ethiopian, an important court official, heard that Jeremiah was in the cistern. At that time, the king was holding court at the Benjamin gate. So Ideb Malek rushed from the palace to speak with him. My lord, the king, he said, these men have done a very evil thing in putting Jeremiah the prophet into a cistern. 
He will soon die of hunger, for almost all the bread in the city is gone. So the king told Adab-Melech, Take thirty of my men with you and pull Jeremiah out of the cistern before he dies. So here we have a good Samaritan that comes to Jeremiah's rescue. And once again, the king agrees with the last person that speaks with him. In verse 11, So Adab-Melech took the men with him and went to a room in the palace beneath the treasury where he found some old rags and discarded clothing. He carried these to the cistern and lowered them to Jeremiah on a rope. Abed-Melech called down to Jeremiah, Put these rags under your armpits to protect you from the ropes. Then when Jeremiah was ready, they pulled him out. So Jeremiah was returned to the courtyard of the guard, the palace prison, where he remained. So not only does he pull him out, but he does so safely and gives him rags to put under his armpit. So the ropes, not even the ropes, would harm him. What a good guy. That is a really good person in the Old Testament that we see who comes to Jeremiah's rescue. And Jeremiah completely preaches consistently because it's the word of the Lord to surrender to Babylon in they, they don't listen. They continue to disregard him and the word of the Lord that is coming through him. And God raises up a deliverer, a, a good Samaritan from the Old Testament who comes to Jeremiah's rescue. And Jeremiah, later we're going to see he sends a message in response to his good acts of encouragement and that he is going to be spared because of his kindness to Jeremiah. Kindness goes a lot, a long way. In verse fourteen, one day King, one day King Zedekiah sent for Jeremiah and had him brought to the third entrance of the Lord's temple. I want to ask you something, the king said, and don't try to hide the truth. Jeremiah hasn't hidden the truth once; he keeps telling him the same thing over and over. In verse fifteen. Jeremiah said, if I tell you the truth, you'll kill me. And if I give you advice, you won't listen to me anyway. So King Zedekiah secretly promised him, as surely as the Lord, our creator lives, I will not kill you or hand you over to the men who want you dead. Then Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, this is what the Lord, the God of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says, if you surrender to the Babylonian officers, you and your family will live and the city will not be burned down. But if you refuse to surrender, you will not escape. This city will be handed over to the Babylonians, and they will burn it to the ground. But I am afraid to surrender, the king said. For the Babylonians may hand me over to the Judeans, who have defected to them. And who knows what they would do to me? Jeremiah replied, You won't be handed over to them if you choose to obey the Lord. Your life will be spared, and all will go well with you. But if you refuse to surrender, this is what the Lord revealed to me. All the women left in your palace will be brought out and given to the officers of the Babylonian army. Then the women will taunt you, saying, What fine friends you have, they will, be, they will have betrayed and misled you. When your feet sank in the mud, they left you to your fate. All your wives and children will be led out to the Babylonians, and you will not escape. You will be seized by the king of Babylon, and this city will be burned down. Then Zedekiah said to Jeremiah, Don't tell anyone you told me this or you will die. My officials may hear that I spoke to you, and they may say, Tell us what you and the king were talking about. If you don't tell us, we will kill you. If this happens, just tell them that you begged me not to send you back to Jonathan's dungeon, for you would die there. Sure enough, it wasn't long before the king's officials came to Jeremiah and asked him why the king had called for him. But Jeremiah followed the king's instructions, and they left without finding out the truth. 
No one had overheard the conversation between Jeremiah and the king, and Jeremiah remained a prisoner in the courtyard of the guard until the day Jerusalem was captured. So Jeremiah endures a ton in his life of ministry, and people continually don't listen. And he brings forth and speaks the same message repeatedly. It does not change. Surrender to God and his plan, and you will have life. You live if you surrender. And the fourth and last contact that, that King Zedekiah had with Jeremiah before the city fell to the Babylonians happened. And God gave the king one last chance to repent. But he makes excuses. Look, I'm afraid of what will happen if I follow this. Well, you can trust God. He's God. Jeremiah assured the king that if he obeyed the word of the Lord, God would protect him in the city. But if he disobeyed, even the women in the palace would taunt him in front of the Babylonians. His wives and his children, all of them. But the best way to protect them was to obey the will of God. But he refuses. He's afraid of his own officers. And he... He tells Jeremiah, because of that fear, to keep their conversation confidential. And he does. And God judges a sinful nation a lot of times by sending weak leaders who are hesitant and just go along with the last person they speak with, which is what Zedekiah is. And he has no leadership and he ends up plunging the nation into deeper trouble, into into total devastation. The, the city is burned. And they receive judgment because they refuse to turn. They refuse to repent. They refuse to heed God's word, his direction, and his voice. They refuse to trust God. He's God. He's almighty. He can protect us. He can save us. He can rescue us. He redeems us. And if we trust him and we refuse to be shook by the world around us, by the circumstances around us, by anything going on around us, if we just trust him, lean on him, lean into him, let him guide us, let him lead us, and just trust him with our lives, he will lead us into a glorious glorious life of eternity and he will pour out blessings and we can have the fullness of God while we are on earth too as it is in heaven we can experience his glory his fullness and have amazingly good quality of life if we just trust God with our lives thanks y'all I hope you're having a great day